You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Pemba. What's going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Howard Bender. This is the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast recording here for week 11 of the NFL season. Howard, you're the man in the playbook. You're doing the dartboard, the example lineups. You've done the watch list all week. Uh, and then Friday hit, and every starting running back, I think, in the NFL got ruled. Amari Cooper gets COVID. He gets ruled out, uh, and changes were made across the Fantasy Alarm DFS landscape with all the content that we had. But at least you got that information now, Howard, right? And not on a Sunday morning? Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. There's nothing better than getting all of this uh, like an hour before lineup lock. So listen, I, I think it's really, it's helping us out a lot. I, obviously getting the news early is great, but I was running through the slate and just looking through the running backs and a lot of the high-end running backs, they all have, they all have some good, good matchups here, right? McCaffrey against Washington. Now that they don't have Chase Young, they still haven't been that great with Chase Young. Dalvin Cook's in a great matchup against Green Bay. Nick Chubb activated and he's going to run all over Detroit. Zeke against Kansas City. Mixon against Vegas, right? So, so all of these matchups are great, but... What just happened for us was a way to get the high-end receivers in there or pay up at QB and tight end because now you've got – you always had A.J. Dillon, but now add in Mark Ingram and Jeff Wilson into the mix here. Wilson going up against Jacksonville and Ingram, who had 100 over 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown last week in a much tougher matchup last week than he is now against Philly. So – all of a sudden, now it's I can pay up elsewhere because I got lots of value here at running back. Yeah, exactly, and that's really what it's what it's about, right? It's about attacking the value, and, and we'll get into it. Uh, I know you went in a little bit during your watch list breakdown about how uh, you are now leaning heavily towards one platform. Uh, over the other, given the ability to build your lineups as you wish, we'll say. FanDuel, uh, you have decided, and not because uh, you're making it up, but it's it's just easier to make the lineups with the players that you want in. Uh, whereas DraftKings, the pricing is, we'll say, tighter to be polite, and it is forcing you into some situations where maybe you're playing a less than off the player at a position or you can't really get all of the guys that you want in your lineup without playing 150 lineups, which most of us are doing. So obviously we'll touch upon the pricing differences as we come across it going position by position here. But Howard, let's kick it off at the quarterback. Very top, you got Josh Allen at home against uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Lamar Jackson returned to practice. He is on the road against Chicago. We got a game time decision from Kyler Murray. And then we have the game of the week. Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs, both Mahomes and Prescott in that lower 7K range. Yeah, I know a lot of people are salivating over the fact that Khalil Mack and Akeem Nicks are not going to be, Akeem Hicks are not going to be playing for Chicago. And I think that's opening up a lot of people to, to go to Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen against Indianapolis. Yeah, that's a, that's an, it's an easy spot to do. It really is. We just said there's all this value at the running back position. So you can afford to pay up for it. I feel like when it comes to your cash lineups, Right, you gotta hang with the Mahomes Dak Prescott range because 
I think a lot of people are going to are just going to feast on that game and they're going to utilize that game. It's a late game, so it's late game hammer. And I think that a lot of people are going to kind of hang there. Maybe that helps you. Maybe that keeps the ownership down for Josh Allen. And maybe that's the, the to explore the, the his use for, for GPP tournaments there. But yeah, I kind of feel like I'm just going to be hanging out with Mahomes and Dak Prescott a lot more this week than than most other weeks. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. Obviously, Mahomes coming off that monster performance last week, the 400 yards and five scores. Uh, people are just going to gravitate back to that. Uh, and then you have Dak on the other side, as you mentioned, also. Just a great game environment. So I think that is definitely where the chalk mid-tier grouping. Uh, I think Burrow against Las Vegas. I'm sure Las Vegas wants to tighten up their defense a little bit after giving up the 400 yards and five scores. But, you know, they're going up against Cincinnati off a bye here. Now, we know the passing attack that isn't with Cincinnati this year. Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins and, and Joe Burrow prior to that week nine game against Cleveland had three straight games with at least three scores. For me, I don't really love a lot of the quarterback this week, truthfully. But, you know, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins in this tier for me. Kind of the ones that stick. Yeah, I agree with you. I love, again, I'm in on Burrow, no doubt about it. I'm bi- just a big fan. I-, I think going up against Vegas, you could pay down at quarterback and get yourself still 275 with three scores. That's just, it was funny. I was listening to a, a Jamar Chase highlight today, and I was like, man, I really didn't think about just how much I actually missed watching the Bengals last week and, <laughs> and, and watching Jamar Chase with yet another brilliant catch or shake a tackle, whatever it is. So I dig that. I also, listen, I'll use Russell Wilson. I like a Seattle stack in a GPP tournament here because I don't think anybody's going to be on him. And when nobody's on Russell Wilson, that's when he ends up like sticking it to you. And the fact that he's a price where he is and Metcalf and Lockett because of the struggles of Seattle with the injury to to Wilson, I think the, the price is right for uh, for using Seattle here as well. Yeah, the the one thing I think people will also help goes back. Excuse me, Wilson goes back last week and is just playing in awful conditions. Even Aaron Rodgers struggled there. It was snowing, and then it was raining. It was cold. It was windy. Nothing was going well. That was going to be conducive to a solid passing attack. A weather. This weekend, Edel's supposed to be pretty solid, and I could definitely see a bounce back there for Russ. I, I definitely have him. He's in the QB coach this week as a dark throw play in that mid-tier. So that he's definitely involved. It's along with Burrow. Cousins as well. I just kind of like this back-and-forth matchup, I think. With Green Bay, I like that they're playing inside in Minnesota, and Cousins has proven that he has the offensive upside to make an impact throwing the football. Multiple touchdowns in three of the last four, and this is a game where I think they're going to have to really keep up with Rodgers here. So for me, that's where I'm going. And, and for value, I hate to really say it, and I know there's certainly other guys that you're you like, but you know Cam Newton's $5,100, and I understand what we saw out of him last year definitely gives a lot of people a pause because he just just didn't look like he could throw the football. But this offense is obviously designed differently than what was in New England. Christian McCaffrey is the primary focus of defenses. Uh, They don't really need Cam to do as much as maybe New England had hoped Cam was going to have to do last year. I think they could set him up in this offense to be successful throwing the football. The receiving, in theory, should be better than what he had in New England. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, uh, along with CMC here. And, and of course, we saw him. They get in that red zone, and and he scored twice. So Cam Newton against Washington at 51 is is the only value guy that I'm really taking a look at here. I was in on Cam right up until Matt Rule started talking about saying that Cam will start, but you're going to see P.J. Walker in there as well because there are packages that Cam still needs to familiarize himself with. 
that they want to run. So yeah, I yeah, just don't see again, that ever being in the red zone, right? Right, 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 right. So what you're looking at here is you're looking at you need the touchdown upside because you're not going to get any yardage. You're not going to get any passing yardage, and you're probably not going to get a lot of rushing yardage either. So yeah, Cam Newton will be your your red zone QB, but you know I don't I I just I I don't love it because you just it it always has to be touchdowns, and if if Christian McCaffrey gets his cam ain't getting hit so that's my only concern i'm also not buying into coach speak as much really either i am sure maybe walker will have a package or two but i don't think they're starting cam newton if he wasn't ready to start right so i'm I'm saying he is ready to start i'm just saying that they're going to use they're going to use pj walker in between the i don't know that feels like a lot that feels like it'd be too involved like why even start cam newton if that's the case right because he's great inside the red zone Right, but because starting- once he's in the red zone now, you don't know where he's going. He can throw it short. He can run it himself. He can yeah, give yeah. it to Christian McCaffrey. I understand that. I'm saying, why would they start Cam Newton if the idea is just to use him in the red zone? You yeah, can you start know, give, him that, give him that feeling of getting back yeah, in. I don't know. I'm not buying. I'm not believing in rule that much. I think we see Walker maybe for a, a, a snap or two in this one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bite there, Matt. Other value for you? Two against the Jets, dude. Come on. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. It is, but you run against New York, really. Like, teams don't throw a ton against them. I'm not saying you throw a ton against them, but Gesicki will end up with one. He likes to check it down to uh, to Miles Gaskin, right? He's yeah. got Jalen Waddle, who he likes to throw to. Just saying. Yeah, I get it. I understand it. I just think teams generally run the ball a ton against New York, and, and I can and I can see, too, having a 200-yard, one-touchdown game because Gaskin ran in to himself or something like that, right? Yeah, when was the last time Gaskin was doing that? Well, this I think this is the game. Anybody has done this against the Jets. Uh, Moving on to the running backs. Oh, listen, I said it in my video last week. 8,400 was the cheapest we're going to see Dude, I can't at. believe you had him at 6%, and then Newton fucked you on the value. Yep, two touchdowns. To, dude, he was tackled at the one, tackled at the two, and tackled at the four. Cam Newton threw a touchdown, ran for touchdown, and then Chuba Hubbard ran for the other one. Like, I literally could have had three touchdowns with CMC at 8,400 at 6% ownership, and he would have gone for 50 fantasy points, right? Instead, he went for 26, still one of the top scoring backs in, in the league last week because he had 95 yards on the ground, 10 catches on 10 targets for 66 yards there as well. Uh, we were paying 10k for him. We paid 9900 for him back in week two. Yeah. You pay 8900. <laughs> like why? There. You should. He's the best running back in football. You pay the money. He's a thousand dollars, if not more, cheaper than he. Should. Can't argue it. I can't argue it. All right. I gave you the rundown here of running backs already, who I like: Dalvin Cook, Chubb, Zeke, Mixon, McCaffrey, obviously. I like Connor going up against Seattle. I think that's definitely a, a possibility that you could look at. And then for me, again, it's you're grabbing the value. Yes, Gaskin is an option here against the Jets as well. But the value backs here are A.J. Dillon, Jeff Wilson, and Mark Ingram at this point. Yeah, and, and and this is where we can compare. What are the DraftKings prices in relation to the value? That's the FanDuel prices in relation to the value that's over. All right. Well, actually, it's interesting that you bring that up with the uh, with the running backs. But here we go. AJ Dillon is seven grand on FanDuel. That's kind of pricey. 
Yeah, he's 6,200 on DraftKings. Now there's, what, a thousand more dollars to play with over on FanDuel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ingram is 68. Okay. And Jeff Wilson is 5,000. So Wilson's 51. And again, we're talking about extra thousand. Ingram is 54. Right, but 5,000 on FanDuel, that's like min price on right, min yeah. price on DraftKings. Yeah, no, that I understand. Yeah, for sure. So $4,000 is a min price running back on DraftKings. So Ingram is 5,400 where he's more mid-tier, where, he, where he's a value over on FanDuel is what I'm trying to like make that correlation to. So these running backs aren't under four, aren't under $5,000, which is where we generally kind of look for the value backs when guys get ruled out. They sort of had, I guess, the foresight to, <laughs> to increase the price tags on these guys. I thought for sure when Mitchell got ruled out that we were going to be looking at like a $4,400 Jeff Wilson. And it said he was 5K last week and he's 51 under this week. So there really isn't that true value. Um, Donta Foreman is 4,900. Maybe this is the value back that, that we take a peek at here. Figure Tennessee's going to be up. They're going to run the football. He hasn't looked any better than Adrian Peterson has in terms of yards per carry. But I'm not going to necessarily hold last week against him. Nobody runs against the Saints. They have the number one run defense per DVOA. This is Houston. If Donta Foreman's going to get 11 carries against Houston, I think he's going to do much better than 30 yards. So, I think you take a dart here with someone like Adonta Foreman and kind of run with it there. Okay. Listen, you know what? That definitely makes sense. And uh, I was looking at Foreman as well. For uh, It'll be probably it'll be better for cash than it will be for GPP. Like I think, because I think a lot of people are on Foreman. I think that's yeah. de definitely something that we're going to, that we're going to end up seeing. So I'm going to play around with my lineup. Because I built, I told you, I built, uh, and you know, I, I told John, I didn't tell you people out there listening. I built two lineups. I said this on Fantasy Sports Radio on SiriusXM. I built two lineups, one on DraftKings and one on FanDuel. And, and basically here it is. So the same, the constants in both lineups were Dak Prescott, A.J. Dillon, Mark Ingram, Jeff Wilson, Michael Gallup as a value receiver, Travis Kelsey at tight end. And the Panthers, which was probably like the lowest I'd want to pay for a defense, right, on on both sites. Right. Everything beyond that, whatever. And then, so then try to figure out who those last two wide receivers are. And and, and those last two wide receivers are much better on FanDuel than they are on DraftKings. So on DraftKings, maybe what you need to do is take out that $5,400 Mark Ingram and give yourself a, 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 a much cheaper Deonta Foreman at 4,900, and then take that 600 and try and figure out where you're where you're gonna put it. Yeah, I think there's definitely definitely the potential for that one. I'll say another dart throw play here, just because the way the numbers roll out. I mean, Cincinnati has allowed 70 catches to running backs this season. That is the third most in football, but. They've played just nine games. Arizona's allowed one more catch playing one more game, and New England's allowed four more catches playing two more games. So, you know, in theory, Cincinnati has allowed the most catches to running backs given the game's played situation here uh, in football. So if we think Cincinnati is going to be ahead in this game, Las Vegas is going to have to throw the football. If it is a full PPR like you play on DraftKings, the last couple of weeks you've seen Kenny Drake actually be productive. Not last week, but the two weeks prior. You know, game flow. This could be a week where Kenny Drake gets a lot of work in the passing game against a team that gives up a lot of receptions to the running back. 
Very possible. Very possible. Yeah. See, again, I, I like the fact that there's just there's so much value at running back right now. It really is. And again, my lineup, that base there with those two wide receivers, it still gives you the opportunity to to pay up at least at one running back position, not go with all the value. And if you find that you find if you've got like a good second cheap wide receiver who you're into. Yep, I agree with you there. Let's go to wide receiver here because this is where I think we're looking to spend some of at least some of top tier guys, right? Of course, you have Devontae Adams against Minnesota. Uh, everybody's going to be in on this Dallas game. Tyreek Hill, 8200 uh, and C.D. Lamb is $7,600 there. But all of these, these top receivers have really good matchups. Justin Jefferson with no Jair Alexander. Stefan Diggs going up against you know, this beat-up Colts secondary. Uh, Debo, absolute monster last week. He had five carries for 97 yards in the score. Sorry, he had five receptions for 97 yards in the score. Five carries for 36 yards and another touchdown. They're just completely tearing apart the Rams now that he's got Jacksonville. A.J. Brown against Houston. I think it's a spot where we run back to here after a bad game against the Saints. Uh, yep. Jamar Chase. There's just a lot of top-end talent here. There's a lot of top-end talent. And you're going to have to you're gonna have to pick and choose. Again, you can probably get away with one Top tier talent on uh, on DraftKings. You can get two in over at FanDuel. Just kind of the way everything's kind of priced out. That's if that's if you pay down all over at running back and you use one of those value backs at, at the flex spot, which obviously you don't have to. What I'm trying to do is I always like to I like to build a good solid cash game lineup and work off start to work off of that. I'll play my cash lineups in GPP tournaments, but I I would be fine with that. But, you know, everybody wants to see what how you build a GPP lineup with with stacks. Everybody's got to have a stack. You got to have a stack in there. You don't always have to have a stack. And I've seen that before with Millie Maker lineups that that don't that look like good, solid cash lineups uh, instead. So if you got to have to deal with the stack, maybe that's what I need to do, John. Maybe I just need to get away from the stacks because I, I feel obligated to do them on uh and the example lineups at Fantasy Alarm. I talk to you all the time about is the game stacks, right? Like, it's okay to stack a team and not need necessarily need somebody coming back. I understand right. the idea of the game flow and, oh, well, if they're going to score points. Somebody on the other side has to be scoring. That's not always true. Tom Brady blows out teams 40 to nothing, and he's the one scoring all the points, and the other team's not scoring anything. So if you find the right matchup, you don't necessarily need to force somebody coming back in because you feel you have to that other team can score points and you don't need to have exposure to that so just build your lineup with the top players that you possibly can you want to put your quarterback and receiver together of course but other than that just build the best lineup around that it doesn't have to be a game sack i i talk a lot about that with james grande who definitely is a big subscriber to the correlation theory here, uh, to, to me, again, I, I don't think it's 100% necessary to build a, a lineup, be a winning lineup, needing somebody coming back in that game. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm starting to come around a little bit more on that, for sure. It definitely does depend on what the matchup. Yeah, if, you're, if you're playing Kansas City-Dallas, sure. Because the game totals a 56, right? Like, it's a two-point spread. Odds are there's going to be a lot of points scored by both sides. That's fine. But if you have a team that's an eight-point favorite in a 46 spread, you don't need to jam in a guy coming back. Odds are that player is not going to be as productive as you think they are. So, you know, just kind of build it out that way. Uh, mid-tier, Howard. What are these, some of these mid-tier receivers that you like? 
Some of these mid-tier receivers, I still, I love Terry McLaurin always. I'll use Seattle in a GPP. Listen, I think, <laughs> I mean, it's funny, right? I'm looking at this, I, I, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both priced near each other. I, I, I do like Adam Thielen here going up against Green Bay. I think that these are two teams that kind of go back and forth with each other. I don't necessarily know. Like Minnesota, it's so funny. Every, every game that they've played so far comes down to the very end. Right. So I kind of feel like we're going to be it's more of a back and forth sort of thing with Minnesota Green Bay than it being any kind of lopsided. So I like Thielen in there as well. I think then as far as mid-tier goes, that's probably that's probably it. Unless you want to say that, like, at fifty eight hundred on DraftKings, Hunter Renfro is considered mid-tier. Oh, I mean, Renfro is fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. So I that's mean. what I just said. Yeah. Is, I thought you said FanDuel. So. No. Is that mid-tier for you? Yeah. Sixty five. And under is basically like a mid-tier. So Renfro is an – I say value is anybody under 5K for wide receivers. Okay, so, so Renfro, Waddle, yeah. T. Higgins. T. Higgins for sure I think is a good spot. I think Mooney is maybe a little bit this week. Fields has been playing better. Allen Robinson's not likely to play in this game. I think Mooney could be an interesting dart throw. I think Mooney could definitely be an interesting dart throw this week. No doubt about it. No, no Allen Robinson. And, yeah, they've kind of tilted a little towards him. All right, so if we're looking then under 5K. Well, what does Joe Flacco do this week? Uh, see, that's what I was just going to say. We're looking at under 5K. Everybody's looking at Elijah Moore, right? Well, well, I was looking at Corey Davis. Oh, see, I, I kind of feel like Flacco is Flacco's that guy who just goes back to what he knows. And what does he know? He knows Jameson Crowder. downfield to Corey Davis? No, he knows Jameson Crowder. He's not chucking it downfield to Corey Davis. Why does he know Jameson Crowder? Cause they, cause he was the, he was a Jets quarterback for five or six games last year. That's true. He doesn't know Corey Davis. It's true. Nope. All right. Nobody, All right. nobody knows Corey Davis. <laughs> I actually forgot that Flacco was on the Jets last year. So that's, it's yeah. an easy thing to forget. Why? Because he's Joe Flacco. It's really. It's not good. It's not good at all. Oh, I just look yeah. at this Miami pass defense and, and you know, how poorly they're rated. And you look at DraftKings, they're considered one of the worst teams against opposing receivers. If Flacco has any level of competence left, this would be a defense at home that maybe he can't throw against. I just don't think you need to use Elijah Moore despite what he's done. <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't like it. Are, are you, uh, chalk is Michael Gallup at 42 on DraftKings. Yes, 100%. 100%. Your boy, Rashad Bateman. Well, listen, I'm intrigued by Bateman if Marquise Brown is out. All right. And uh, yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Again, it's still a run first team. It's still a run first team until they fall behind. So I just, if, if Hollywood Brown is out, which is very likely, right? He's, he missed practice again today, didn't he? I think so, yeah. So I like Bateman a lot more. And then I like Traquan Smith as well going up against the Eagles. So them right there at 45 and 4,400, they definitely work also. Those are both good plays there also. Uh, any value under that? Any like complete dart throws for you uh, on this? I was talking maybe putting a dart throw in Quez Watkins, six targets last week. Again, New Orleans, they're, they're not very good defending the pass. You think Lattimore is going to be on Devonta Smith. You can't run against New Orleans, so maybe someone like a Quez Watkins would be a dark throw. And the other dark throw guy that I'll consider, I think, with Cooper 
if you want to go game flow, Cedric Wilson's 3,200 bucks. Cedric Wilson at 3,200 is a fantastic pick. That was actually going to be one of my dart throws to talk about. So glad you glad you jumped in on that. Makes it much easier for me then. Yeah, and now uh, we can call it my play, not yours. So fantastic. Uh, let's go. <laughs> really? Well, let's see what happens with the playbooks. Right. So technically, you write the playbook, so that's fine. You can do a little hat tip, Jonathan, there if you want. Uh, tight end position. I think this one is where it gets interesting, Howard, because there is a lot of value on this list. And the top price tight end on the board is in a game that has 56 game total. Dallas against tight ends this year has been okay, not great. Do you pay up for Travis Kelsey this week? I mean, I feel like you kind of have to. They haven't given up a lot of fantasy points per game, right? But they've their DVOA ranks pretty low against the tight end, and that's because they're giving up touchdowns. Not a whole mess of yardage there. They're giving up like 12 fantasy points per game. That's 60 yards at a touchdown, right? And that's... Mm-hmm kind of where you're at, or 50 yards and a couple of catches, depending on what you want to do. So Dallas, yeah, 24th, giving up an average of 62 yards per game. And so they've been giving up some touchdowns there as well. It's really it's really hard not to go with a guy like Kelsey. If you figure that Trevon Diggs is going to probably spend a lot of time with Tyreek, so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me to need to sit and pay up for Kelsey. If you aren't going to pay up for Kelsey, though, the other top tight end on the board has come back from IR and been fantastic, and that's George Kittle, and he has yeah. Jacksonville. This is the question you have, right? Do you take the game environment, with, or do you just take the insane target share that George Kittle gets? Save the Darren Waller, too, although right. people are saying now that while there, people teams are spending more time paying attention to Waller. Yeah, I've now seen that, the article there. Yeah. yeah, Now that Ruggs is gone, I don't get that much, but okay. The Kittle play, yeah, I'll tell you what. The only thing that I'm nervous about, and I, we, you and I talked about this on the Annie Up podcast, I don't know who San Francisco is. I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what their level of play is. They're so up and down right now that, yeah, I get it. Debo Samuel and George Kittle, they get a ton of work here. But if, there's, if the ground game struggles with Jeff Wilson or the travel across the country and it just wears out the team in general – Jimmy G isn't like the type of guy to raise the level of everybody's play around him. So that's kind of what I worry a little bit about Kittle, even though it's a fantastic matchup. Yeah, I understand that. Again, the, the matchup against Jacksonville is obviously going to draw a lot of eyes. And obviously, if you need the money, go ahead and, and you spend down from Kelsey to Kittle. I don't think anybody's going to blame you really on, on that one. I'm not in on Waller, uh, maybe as much as maybe you would put him in there. Andrews. Sort of, kind of. But after that, like, I understand all these mid-tier guys are going to have some level of volume, but I'm basically going bottom barrel after that grouping. Like, I'm going into the mid-3Ks. Notably, I'm looking at Cole Komet. $3,400, target share the last couple of weeks, six, six, and eight targets. The chemistry with Fields looks getting better. I think Fields is getting better now that he's you know, getting more reps under his belt here. We've talked a lot about Baltimore and their struggles against the tight end. No Allen Robinson. Again, not that Allen Robinson was making this huge impact, but, you know, I think this offensive passing attack could be centered around Komet and easy throws for fields here. And he's only $3,400. Look at the numbers for Cole Komet and Dan Arnold over the last three weeks. Those two, it's like the Spider-Man meme where he's pointing yeah. at himself. 
The two of them have both averaged between six and seven targets over the last three games. They're averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 60-some-odd yards per game. It's just it's a matter of these guys need to get into the— that's what, like, Arnold hasn't gotten into the end zone yet in Jacksonville, and Komet hasn't been that red zone target yet that we want him to be. I love them both. I have them both in the watch list. I, I think they're absolutely fantastic. That's my only it's my only concern. But I'm with you. If I'm not paying up for, for Kelsey or Kittle, then I'm just not going to need to pay for a, a Gesicki or, or a Zach Ertz or a Dalton Schultz even. Even Dawson Knox I'd, I'd pass on at 4K mm-hmm. to pay down for a Cole Komet. I definitely dig him. I think Uzama's the guy this week. Oh, don't tell Coop that. He will yell at you. I love, I listen, I love Komet. I wrote him up. I said great things about him. But, but you just, you look at the way the, the Vegas Raiders do against the tight end. Uzama gets red zone looks in addition to just running that seam route. And the Raiders are just, they're just, they're super weak against the tight end. Dude, they're giving up almost 80 yards per game to the tight end. I know. Uh, it's just a guy that is generally not a high volume route runner, right? And that's where that's where you know I push back a little bit on Coop when it comes to a lot of these things where he is so into snap shares and snap counts and run, and I get all of that. But if a guy is targeted at a high percentage of his routes run, then I'm okay with that. If, you know, if he's only running 15 routes but he's targeted on five of them like consistently then I don't care how many routes he runs. The quarterback looks for him when he's out there. So when he's on the field. Yeah, it's like yeah. using a, a running back, right? Oh, he's only playing 20 snaps a game. Yeah, but he's still carrying the ball 16 times. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So what does that tell you? <laughs> right. So so there, there's always a little bit of a pushback for me on him there. One of his recent uh, resurgence of tight ends here is Adam Trotman. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just a role change for him basically since – the change in quarterback, and I think obviously that has a lot to do probably the style of play with the quarterbacks. Jameis Winston wants to take a bunch of shots downfield. Trevor Simeon wants to play conservative and, and throw these intermediate routes, and that's suiting Trotman well. He's got 19 targets over the last three weeks. He's 3,300. Uh, and Philadelphia has allowed the most receiving touchdowns to tight ends this year. They've allowed the most receiving yards to tight ends this year. And I'll finish it up here. They've allowed the most receptions, Howard two tight ends this year. So oh, what's funny here, they, they rank against dead, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz every week. No, they rank dead last in DVOA against the tight end. Just give you all four right there. Yeah. So Adam Trotman at 3,300 is going into this game with the best matchup statistically for a tight end. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I love it. I really love it. I. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. That's. This is a week where I want to... I want to build multiple lineups because I just, I like so much of the value. It's like the value at the end at the running back, the value here at the tight end position. It's just, I want to play all these guys. I want to play Uzama and Komet and Trout. It's just, it's a, uh, it's great. Yep. It really is great when you have these kind of options there. And, and there's no reason to even look lower. Don't give me yeah. your, your Moali Cox kind of kind of play there. It's- and just to put a bow on this one here, Howard, at the tight end position, defensive stats versus tight ends and DraftKings points allowed to the position. We talked about it. 32nd, it's the Raiders 31st, it's Baltimore 30th, right? So they, those three teams are the bottom three teams against tight ends. And there's your Troutman, there's your Uzama, there's your Cole Komet. So there, that's your group. 
you're not spending up, pick one of them, make three lineups, play one each, play the three max. I know you're a FanDuel guy now. I think they have some three max contests over there. I like playing the three max on DraftKings, put, make one with each and see which one's hit. So that's your tight end position. Let's finish it off at the def- defense here, Howard. I like to always try to find the cheap defense to play. This week, I think it's Carolina. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on that one, but $2,700 for the Carolina Panthers at home. It, it, they still get after the quarterback, and I don't think much of Hineke. I don't, you know, the running game there is Gibson's hurt. He had two rushing touchdowns last week, but he averaged 2.7 yards per carry on it. So uh, Tampa Bay just you know, kind of collapsed there on themselves. I think Carolina coming off a good game against Arizona is going to be ready to go here against Washington. I, I sent you a lineup already. I said, here's a million dollars. Enjoy. You're welcome. And who is my defense there? Carolina Panthers. I didn't they are. See, I'll be honest with you, Howard. I, I didn't see that. I, I saw your receivers, and then I, I think we had gone to a conversation about that. So uh, good to know we're on the same page then, Howard. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. I mean, they're 2,700 on uh, on DraftKings. I think they're 41. Yeah, 41 on uh, on FanDuel. So they're the cheapest. They're as low as I'd be willing to go. And that's at least it's still a good bargain price for the Panthers. So I, yeah, I dig that. Listen, if you're going to pay up, yeah, Titans against Houston is probably some low-hanging fruit there. Browns against Detroit. Obviously, Tim Boyle under center. That's going to be a, well, that's going to be a hoot. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And yeah, I don't really, I, I don't really love any of the other defenses that are, uh, that are out there. I guess you could go Miami, so to speak, against the Jets. Yeah, I right? think we can go there. I don't know of anybody else who I really like. You? No, not really. I don't want to spend all the way up, so it's probably where I'm at. So I said, I'm looking to spend down. Uh, Cleveland? Did you, you said Browns, though, right? Cleveland's I, probably where... Yeah, yeah, I said the Browns. Yeah, I know, I know you said it. I'm just, like, re, re, rehashing it. And I, I haven't looked, Howard, but I'm just looking at the graphic here on DraftKings. It shows rain. <laughs> are we going to have some precipitation in Cleveland? This- oh, are we? Uh, listen, that's fine. If there's rain there, it, it favors the defense, and it favors the, the team with the stronger running game. Does look like we're going to have some rain here. Uh, 80% chance of precipitation, 17 miles per hour wind, 46 degrees here on Sunday. Showers early, becoming steady rain later in the day. Howard there. So, yeah, not that we think much of the passing attack. Anyways, but Detroit has a backup quarterback. Off, doubtful. So, yeah, if they try to throw the football at all here, Cleveland would be in a good spot. So, all right. Uh, I know you have dra- a FanDuel lineup. I have a DraftKings lineup. Do you want to give the public your million-dollar FanDuel lineup? I've got the I've got a DraftKings lineup too. All right. Well, do you want to? I'm all give over this public? shit, man. I'm all over this. But all right. Well, here I'll give you my my. We'll we'll start with my DraftKings lineup, and then we'll uh, and then we'll see what you got here. How about I go with this one here? Dak Prescott. A.J. Dillon and Jeff Wills. My wide receivers are Jamar Chase, Darnell Mooney, and Michael Gallup to pair up with Dak Prescott. Travis Kelsey at tight end. Deonta Foreman is my my flex play with the Carolina Panthers as as my defense. That's a good one. I have Dak Prescott as my quarterback. I have Nick Chubb as my running back. I have Mark Ingram as my second running back. I then double double up Dallas receivers C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. I use Rashad Bateman as my third wide receiver. At tight end, I have Travis Kelsey 
I have Cole Komet in my flex, and I have the Panthers defense. That leaves me $100 left over. So Prescott, Chubb, Ingram, Lamb, Gallup, Bateman, Komet, Kelsey, Panthers. I like it. I like it. I did some pivots off of mine also where I could end up going with using Ingram instead of Deonta Foreman. And then looking at my wide receivers who I would want to use, I think I had... What did I have? I had Jamar Chase in there along with who was my cheapie, my pay down. I think, oh, Rashad Bateman at 4,500. So how about that? Prescott, A.J. Dillon, Jeff Wilson, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Michael Gallup, Travis Kelsey, Mark Ingram in the flex with the Panthers defense. That's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. I actually, let me, let me throw one dark throw out here uh, for you. And, and I, I'm only bringing it up because I just remember now at the tight end position, and this was a Andrew Cooper special here. And that is with the Carolina, I'm sorry, the Carolina Panthers Washington game. Ricky Seals Jones, not going to play. We don't oh. know. We don't know if Thomas is going to play. John Bates got into the game last week and played every single snap at tight end for the Washington football team. He had three targets and three catches in that game. They used them like they use their other tight ends as a receiver, not as a blocker. And he's $2,500 on DraftKings, Howard. So Carolina, again, a team that does not defend the tight end position particularly well. So could be a spot if you really want to get dartboardy. John Bates as your min price of min price plays uh, this week. That's that's pretty funny that you were that that was in there, and I know that Coop uh, has that in the tight end coach for this week. It's funny because I actually said it on Tuesday to Bowden when we were talking about waiver. We do that second hour yeah. of Tuesday show as the waiver wire power hour, and uh, and I said that to him, and I, I was like, "What about this, Jim? What about if we're taking a look at if Ricky Seals Jones is questionable and and unlikely to play?" And Logan Thomas isn't ready. And both those guys, when they were playing, were getting like 99 to 100% snaps. I said, wouldn't it make sense to go after John Bates? And he immediately starts talking about how great Coop is. What? Like, Bowden's, he's like refusing to, to acknowledge me as the tight end whisperer at all now. And it's all, doesn't matter what I say about tight ends. Uh, apparently, it all comes from Coop now, according well, to Well, you've united him. So it's, it's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, I feel like I, I went into retirement and retirement's not sitting well with me. Got it. So I have to, like, so I feel the need for a comeback. So, you know, now I'm going to have to like Rocky Balboa coup. That's funny. Uh, I just threw I just threw together a Yahoo lineup. Let's just hit all three sites here. It's very similar to the one I made. So it's going to sound pretty repetitive, but uh, we have Dak Prescott, Nick Chubb, Jeff Wilson. We have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Traquan Smith is the value that I'm using. Old friend Traquan Smith. Howard has touchdowns in two of the last three games. Our target share on the rise there for him as well. And how bad is, oh man, who's the, oh, I can't think of his name right now. The slot corner for Philly. He's horrible. In front of me either, but you can probably check that out. The wide receiver cornerback coach breakdown that Ryan Hallam does, I would imagine. So. Uh, if you're looking and listening, make sure you check that. So yeah, Traquan is $12 on Yahoo. So got him in there. Uh, I got Kelsey. I got Donta Foreman as my flex. And I got the Browns defense as the cheapie because Carolina is more expensive on Yahoo this week. So uh, All right. I, I like that. I like that. Here's my, uh, here's my FanDuel lineup right here. Here you go. Here's a million dollars, people. You're welcome. 
And of course, now everybody's going to play it and we're all going to end up splitting it. So here's your $275 people. Dak Prescott, A.J. Dillon, Mark Ingram, right? Michael Gallup and, you know, is my value wide receiver to pair with uh, Dak Prescott. Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey. I use Jeff Wilson in the flex. And it's, yeah, listen, I love using the, the running back in the flex. That's always a good spot in a half point PPR. And then the Carolina Panthers is the defense. It's very similar. It's very similar to my uh to my my DraftKings lineup, but in this case here, I'm getting fucking Jamar Ch- Oh, I'm sorry, I keep swearing. Oh, this isn't my bad, people. I'm sorry. Cover your baby ears. But as opposed to my DraftKings lineup where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna end up using like Rashad Bateman and Jamar Chase. In this one here, I'm using Jamar Chase and Stefan Diggs. I like that. So good. So good. All right. Well, there you go. I'm spent. I feel like I need a cigarette now after all uh, that. Lucky for you, you got the right entire playbook on Saturday along with the dartboard. Example lineups coming from you there on Sunday. Andrew Cooper and myself will be on live stream Sunday, 11 to 12. And Howard, I don't know if we're going to get an opportunity to talk to the people beforehand next week, Thanksgiving. We got a lot of special things happening for everybody in FA Nation here. We're going to have a Thanksgiving-specific content for everybody. Maybe Howard and I will even bust out a Thanksgiving Day podcast for you guys. We'll see if we can fit that in, in our schedule to get everybody ready to be successful on Turkey Day. There's really nothing better than playing a, a bunch of lineups. Well, sitting down to eat some turkey there, Howard, right? Just stuffing my fat face full of more food all day long. Because it doesn't, like, I get up to do, the, I do like that. I've got like the Thanksgiving Day playbook and I'll probably work on that like, you know, Wednesday to make sure that it's out for everybody. But you know, I'm going to, we're going to do a live stream on Thanksgiving day and I'm going to be a part of it. You are too, right? So it's you and I on a Thanksgiving day live stream. So I'm basically going to get up at four and make some lineups and whatever. And then we'll do the, we'll do the games because the game starts at 9am my time. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So the, uh, the live stream will end up being from 10am to 11am Eastern time. So that puts me under the gun, man. So I'm going to start eating at four o'clock in the morning and then I'm just not going to stop until the final game's over. Yeah. What you got to do is you got to lay out some bacon in the morning. So when you get up and your alarm goes off, you turn on the bacon, you go back to sleep and then you wake up to the sound and smell of freshly cracked. I like where your head's at. Although then I'd be fighting dogs left and right as soon as they smell it. It's true. Good point. Dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. And a wife who's like, is that bacon? (laughs) And whatever animals are in the shed, right? Oh, man. Now you're creeping me out. All right. All right. All right. We'll end this here. We can talk all day about what's in the shed. For Howard Banner, John and Pemba, we'll catch you guys later.